0: As you all know, sharpfootballanalysis.com is the best place for fantasy analysis and betting information. We just introduced reduced mid-season pricing. You can choose from season-long, 4-week, or weekly packages that best suit your needs. Use code SHARP25 for 25% off any product site-wide at sharpfootballanalysis.com. Hello, welcome to the Sharp Angles Podcast. I am Dan Pestuta, joined here by Rich Rebar. Here we go, Rich. Made it through five weeks, heading into week six. The season is uh it's kind of moving along. Uh, how how are we doing today?
1: I'm doing great. You know, this is it's the season's been fun so far, you know. And we've got yes. you know, you know the, the, the Chiefs have been mortal, uh the, the Bucks have a loss. Like we've got one undefeated team right now, only two teams got a win. And, you know, the games have been pretty good. I mean, we've had a lot of really great primetime games. You know, Monday night, we've had these crazy finishes. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's been a fun start to the year, to be honest.
0: Yeah, yeah, it really has. It's not. It, in one way, it's good that it's not, you know, exactly how we predicted it, it would be, because I think that would be boring. Um, but also, uh, not easy to uh, sit and uh, talk about this on a podcast and write things that every week when things just go the way we don't expect them to uh so that uh it brings both sides of the coin there but yeah we we have been you know exciting games even like we were talking about last week on this show how the early slate just looked like garbage Uh, and then it turned out to be you know kind of fun um so i I think we're we're getting a lot of those things i think we're we're finding some more competitive games from the teams we wouldn't really expect like even when the teams aren't good. I think we're just getting some, you know, more fun football and the fact that there is not one dominant team right now, um, I think it is really exciting. And uh, so I think we can, uh, you know, kind of look at that as as we uh, just kind of dive into these games. So let's, let's just get started. And I think the most fun early game, maybe probably the most fun game of the week, I would guess is uh, the Chargers and Ravens. These are two teams we've talked about, you know, quite a bit. Um, Kind of both teams have been, you know, as we expected in in some fashion, you know, the Chargers are figuring out what they want to do on offense. That offense is is moving the ball uh, on defense. It's still, you know, hit and miss. They're doing well on uh, what they want to do in that too high shell. That's really helping out the pass coverage. Uh, they can't stop the run for anything. Uh, and now they're going against this Baltimore team that now, Apparently can't run, uh, but now they're one of the best passing teams in the league. So uh, this, I think this is a really fun dynamic we have going here.
1: Yeah, this is fun because, you know, typically in years past, you would say, yeah, the Chargers are inviting teams to run and they haven't stopped the run at all. So you'd say, all right, well, they're playing the Baltimore Ravens, like the Ravens are just going to run down their throat but yeah, the Ravens haven't really had any success running the football with anyone outside of Lamar Jackson. They have actually had some success with Tyson Williams, but he's apparently just been in the, in the doghouse and buried. I and mean, he has six carries of 10 or more yards on the season and the other running backs have combined for three. So like this, that's uh, <laughs> just so weird, right? Like it, we I don't have... really understand it. All the beats, I don't no One does all the beats seem to suggest that they've had it's mental errors, like a pass protection and him hitting the wrong holes, but it's like these other guys just are giving you nothing. I mean, I mean, Latavius Murray is like a ham and egger at this point in his career. Like he's got, I don't want to. Right, like the other him. options like, <laughs> are
0: Latavius Murray and Devonte <laughs> Freeman. Freeman. It's not like it's the, the Ravens cast of, of old where it's one guy who's in the doghouse and you have like these other like younger options. Um It's, <laughs> it's Devonte Freeman and Latavius Murray. Like I, I, nothing about that really makes a lot of sense, especially when they're struggling to run the ball. Why not put him in there and, and at least hope for some of the uh, the little extra juice that he has.
1: they have a negative EPA rushing, which is unheard of for the Ravens in the Lamar Jackson era. Uh, The offensive line is bad. I mean, it's been injured. It's been pretty maligned all season. Uh, You know, Ronnie Stanley was not put on IR, but he's still just not coming back. Uh, Andrew Villanueva has been bad. Uh, I didn't see if, if, you know, I know Ben Powers got hurt last week. I didn't see his status for this game. Uh, but you would so you'd say that you typically would see this matchup, you'd say, all right, well, it's lines up for the Ravens, they're on the football a lot. But here's the thing they're a deep passing team. And the Chargers, the one thing they're still mushing is the deep pass. Like So you have kind of a strength for strength right now. Uh, so what wins out? We've got Lamar. He leads the NFL in a dot. Uh, he's throwing the ball all the way downfield. Marquise Brown is mashing downfield. He's got three touchdowns that throws over 20 yards downfield. But the Chargers have allowed just four of 22 passes to be complete over 15 yards downfield in the season. It's the lowest rate in the NFL by far. Like no one's even even really close to them the Raiders are like in like an earshot of them but even last week I mean the the Browns kind of just bled them with tight end play and you know catch, catch and run stuff uh so I mean that really hasn't been the Ravens mo in the passing game this year uh to start the year so we do have a strength for strength we also have the Ravens have towed the line a lot so the season has been awesome for them Lamar's been awesome especially what he's overcome with how many players Ravens have had on IR the offensive line injuries what he's been asked to do uh but they've gone through stretches of basically every game not looking good you know they they, they're they're down they're down big on monday night they're they're playing toe to toe with the lions. They were down They had to come back uh, on the chiefs and then they blow a lead against uh, the Raiders in week one. Uh, so, I mean, I'm looking at this too, and it could be another spot where they, they have a big win, big signature win. And then they have a little bit of recoil this week, uh, especially against a really good chargers team, a good chargers offense. I mean, I think we have to put the chargers, like we have to start thinking about this team. as like one of the elite offenses in the nfl and maybe that makes all their games fun too because their offense is just so good uh but i think that this is about looking at the ravens with their implied team total and this total like i mean the chargers i feel like are very live dogs here
0: yeah it's it, there's a, a lot of, of things going on as um, uh, they am kind of looking at this one of the things against this uh for this um you know ravens offense is they're not motioning nearly as much Um, right now. They're only motioning on 36% of their offensive snaps, which is 22nd, in the league uh last year you know they were one of the teams that were motioning the most uh the 68% of the snaps uh was, which was second in the league so and a lot of that was in the run game they were using that to uh use the motion and and open up you know some of some of those gaps so they're they're not a lot more static uh, this year so i think part of that is what's you know slowing down this run game and i think you you know would want to be using it that against this this chargers defense that like I said is going to not only are they playing that the too high shell that just the, the front seven's not very good. <laughs> um, I think there were so you know, some pieces that, that we like there. I mean, Joey Bosa is great. Um, they can pass rush a little bit, but anyone trying to stop the run on that line, like really can't do it. So um, it, it's going to be interesting to see how, what, what the balance is, is going to be there because, you know, like Lamar Jackson has never looked like he's always been a good passer, but, there have been times this year where it's just he's never looked more comfortable throwing the ball. Like on that last drive uh, this past week, like he was not pressing at all. He knew exactly where the ball was going. Like he didn't even look like he was putting effort into some of those throws. He was like, this is going to be open. I know I can put it there. And that's where this ball is going. And like when you put him in, like right now, um, he is leading all quarterbacks in EPA uh per drop back when trailing like that was one of the things like yeah. if you had a a <laughs> If you had a knock on Lamar Jackson, it was when you're putting him in obvious passing situations. That's when the offense crumbles. He can't be like that kind of passer. It, that was never completely true. But right now, he's leading the league in EPA per dropback when trailing. So when you're putting him in these obvious passing situations and maybe we even get Rashad Bateman again. But this is going to be you know, a lot to ask for a rookie receiver playing his his first game. If he does come back this week um, to even well, have to that some him. of that passing more.
1: This is a 21 day window, so he's not activated. He they have to put him on IR for the rest of the season. So I'm assuming he's going to be activated.
0: Right. So he might be activated whether he yeah. actually plays right. or not uh, is going to be um we'll still see. But I mean, Marquise Brown is, you know, still running wide open um all the time. It's you know, hit or miss still, whether uh he it catches the ball, but the fact that he's continually getting wide open, like he wasn't always getting open uh in past years right it was like sometimes uh, that was happening uh but right now he is he's getting open consistently and I think that is a great sign so there are going to be some of those splash plays and I think they're they're figuring out some other things like Devin Duvernay uh was involved um you know a a lot more of this is going and I I think they're going to have to be passing like that when you look at what the Chargers are going to be able to do and against this Ravens defense that just has not been as good as we've thought in the past, um, you know, that uh, the Marcus Peters injury has been huge mm-hmm. uh, for this team because they just don't have that second corner. Um, and right now when you're going against a team like the Chargers with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, you um, it's going to be hard. Like Marlon Humphrey can't cover both of those guys. Uh, So, and if he's in the slot going to be on, you know, like Keenan Allen, you have to figure out what you're going to do uh, against Mike Williams, who has been uh, a guy who is showing, you know, both ranges of Mike Williams. He's been the, you know, the, the Michael Thomas clone who can catch those slants uh, and get heavily targeted, but he's still Mike Williams who can just you know run deep and the chargers are really figuring out a lot of some of their passing concepts that they haven't that kind of struggled the first couple of weeks. Uh, They're, they're actually using less motion than they were in the past in the first couple of weeks, but they're using it for a purpose. They're using it to open up things down the field. Um, You know, the they're, they're figuring out a lot of these coverage beaters uh, that are getting things open down the field. The the long Mike Williams touchdown was just a perfect, uh, like a, from a condensed split uh, that had, Basically just the sale concept with a, you know, uh, a corner to the outside and then uh, Williams running the post and Keenan Allen is just so good at these small details. He holds his uh, route for just just long enough uh, that it brings in that uh, that deep safety and Mike Williams is running free like they are just doing those little things like so well when you have a guy like Justin Herbert, uh, throwing the ball that's working out really well and i think this offense is is starting to click there's some things you still don't like some of the early down play calling still not completely there but um uh, when you look at it, it's just like these the strengths and weaknesses of this matchup just match up like so they match up well in a way it's going to make an entertaining game but we have a Mm -hmm. lot of strengths against weaknesses in this game
1: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, too, to see what the Ravens do defensively, you know, how they alter their approach. I mean, teams really haven't blitzed Justin Herbert at all, but he hasn't really been great against the blitz so far this season on the small sample that he has been blitzed. But we're starting to see that with these teams with really good quarterbacks uh teams don't send heat at him you know so i'm to be curious to see what the ravens said they didn't blitz patrick mahomes a couple weeks ago uh in that game we've seen you know team like the dolphins last week like they didn't they they were didn't come after tom brady and their mo was basically you know to blitz heavy uh the patriots did the same thing against brady uh so i mean we're we're starting to see kyler murray is the same way although you know a different example but you know you have then you have dak prescott who's getting all the blitzes like you know, the, yeah. the cat, you know, all teams do is blitz Dak Prescott and he's torching them, but teams keep sending blitzes at him, so it's an interesting dynamic, though. But we have seen some of these, uh, we did see the Ravens a couple weeks ago pull back the reins on sending heat, uh, because they're a blitz heavy defense, eighth overall. So, I mean, it's gonna be interesting to see what they do and how they approach, uh, you know, trying to defend this passing game. But uh, I don't know if you can really 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 stop it though there's like it's not even just the the big pieces which are elite you know the way they're using austin eckler now but it's also the ancillary guys i mean you've seen what they like donald parham is a legit weapon too and they've started to use him in a, in a capacity you know a big six eight you know freak athlete tight end uh you know paired with jared cook like they've got they've got ancillary guys too that are good you got jalen Guyton, you know a guy that can stretch the field he mostly is running wind sprints to clear people out but hey you know he's, he's another burner out there so i mean this offense is is Really, humming. The offensive line's a little nicked up right now, Uh, but yeah, against this Bravens defense has just suffered so many injuries. um, I don't know, really, know how they combat them here.
0: Yeah, and like if you are blitzing right now, Herbert is uh, twenty-eight of forty-six against the blitz, which is only sixty percent. But hitting some big plays, he's seventh in EPA per dropback against the blitz uh, among quarterbacks. So it's it's tough to do. Like it's you know. The Ravens are, you have to kind of figure out what they're doing because they they are still kind of having that blitz-heavy, um, you know, approach to defense they just they don't have the coverage in the back end to to support that and that's kind of what made them so good uh over the past couple of years is they had that great man coverage in the back end um you know with peters with humphrey but when you take one of those pieces out like we just talked about before there's you know you can avoid marlon humphrey you can not throw to the guy that marlon humphrey is covering uh and uh, that that makes it so much harder on the rest of the ravens defense so uh this is definitely uh the most fun game uh, that I'm uh, excited to watch uh, in this one, um, and they, again the the early slate not looking you know, particularly great with with standout games. Uh there anything else that uh, that catches your eye in the uh, the one PM window?
1: No, I mean not really because you got a lot of you know you got a lot of big totals. I mean you've got you know you got the Colts as a huge home favorite, the Rams are a huge road favorite. We don't know. You know, it sounds like Daniel Jones will play, but I mean, they've got so much, you know, they're, they're so battered the Giants right now. Uh, we've got Casey at Washington, which is a huge, a huge, total because nobody can stop anybody on either team. It's the two worst defenses in the NFL right now through five weeks. And the Chiefs are probably out for a little bit of blood. I mean, you know, I definitely don't have any panic on the Chiefs. Do you like I really don't uh, maybe the big picture with the defense, but they lost the three really good teams. I don't think that they're going to really have a hiccup against the Washington
0: Yeah, I think that's going to be what it is for the Chiefs right now. I think the defense is absolutely a problem, and they're going to have to to fix some stuff and figure out how some of that personnel is being used because right now it's not like you just – you can't have Daniel Sorensen in coverage as often as uh, they do right now. Chris Collins
1: is his favorite player apparently too. Like, I mean, he was talking Daniel Sorensen up like, yeah, I mean – like he so, was John like he, Lynch. Like
0: but <laughs> so, like he can be like a, a good like it's, in the past they they've used him as like the the dime linebacker, which is fine. You just don't want him covering you know, 20 yards down the field, which it seems like they've had him do a little more this season. Uh, so that's just, it's players just not completely in the position to, um, you know, play to their strengths, which is what they were so good at the past couple of years. And really when the defense like, wasn't great, uh, they just had all their guys, they knew what their guys they excelled at. And now you just have, you know, some of, even those pieces that were playing well uh, in the past, you know, the, the Darius needs and you know uh, various wards, they're they're not holding up as well in coverage. Uh, so that is that is hurting a, a little bit. You know, you had, you know, Chris Jones was out last week, but he's also been playing more on the edge instead of, you know, inside. And I think that's hurt them a little bit because I think that makes them weaker on the edge and inside when he's doing that. Like you have one of the most dominant uh, defensive tackles in the league, and now you're not having him as a defensive tackle. Uh, and I think that that makes the things a, a little worse there. So, um, you know, it's just, it, it is tough because they just like, they can't stop anything and i think that that's making it hard for the offense which is still you know first in dvoa it's still first in yards per uh drive so first in in points per drive and there's significant gaps between them and uh the teams at number 2 um so this offense is still doing well for as much as you know we've talked about how teams are playing in that you know the two high structure that they've been doing for the past you know year and a half now um And taking away the big plays and and that has been the case, you know, Kansas city really hasn't had those explosive pass plays, but they've been taking what the defense has been giving them and that's fine. That's worked out well, Um, but there's a point where they can't be as patient because the defense is now giving up so many big plays on the other side. Like that wasn't. The problem last year. The defense was good enough where they were able to the offense could could slow play it because they the defense wasn't getting gashed. But now that the defense is getting gash and the Chiefs find themselves in some of these, you know, closer games uh where they have to push the ball down the field a little bit. I think that's where they're getting themselves or might be getting themselves into trouble if this is how uh everything is going to continue. Because then you have to, you know, start forcing some things and you have to force some things against those two high coverages. And then, you know, that's where trouble um might come a little bit but again i'm not completely worried about that against washington who uh, can't they can't cover anyone uh it's they they have coverage by miscommunications um you know they they were one of the teams that were playing the most quarters last year and they, they can't really figure out how those responsibilities work this year apparently like just everyone in that secondary forgot how uh to you know communicate and pass off routes um so i'm not totally sure uh it, This week is going to be what uh, uh, what is going to show us whether, you know, Kansas City is in trouble for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, Kansas City was pacing to have one of the all time elite offenses, you know, through four weeks of the NFL season and have, you know, that the offense wasn't the problem to, to date. It was a semi problem on Sunday night. Uh, wasn't the biggest problem. But I mean, this, I expect them to come right back and, and score. I think they probably score 40 plus points this week. And, you know, hey, that we'll be back on track. It's when they face these elite teams now is when they got to get, the, they got to start to figure out some of this stuff.
0: And even for the Chiefs offenses, as long as they're not turning the ball over, you know, three or four times the game, like that's, that's really what has gotten them in trouble. It's been some of those you know, turnovers and they're, they are still moving the ball fine. And they're not um, bad
1: turnovers. Typically. I mean, he threw the terrible interception moms your bad interception against the Ravens, but. Last week, I mean, you have a fumble kickoff return. You have a tip right, pass it's just that Tyreek. Yeah, Tyreek yeah. drops pass. You have a great play by Rousseau on the 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 the, the tip pass, and, and he intercepts it himself. The week before, you know, well, against the Chargers, they have a tip pass interception. Uh, yeah, it's it's in a little bit random. The the turnovers they haven't really been all kind of self. induced They've been more self induced than you know, kind of teams taking it away. But uh, yeah, I don't expect them to just lead the league in turnovers though, like they are right now, and turnovers per drive, uh, which is what they they do lead the league in handful right now.
0: Yeah, and that's that's going to be what it is. I think you know we're we're not expecting those types of turnovers, right? This is not you know it's not a Patrick Mahomes pressing where these turnovers are happening. He's not forcing the ball into tight windows, and even when you know they are trying to throw while trailing right. He's still, I think against the bills still had like under 10% of his, uh, passes went into tight coverage from, uh, next gen stats. And so that's, you know, that's still what this offense is based on. They're still finding the open throws. And like you said, they're, they're fluky, you know, turnovers. And even when they were, you know, when they were running the ball really well, uh, over the first couple of games of the season, there were a couple you know, fumbles there that, that changed the tide a little bit. So yeah, absolutely not worried about the offense, uh, at, at, at any point. Um, Just the thing is, is the defense and whether uh, they're still going to be giving up points at a place where they're making opposing offenses look like the chief's offense. Uh, And that's, that's going to be hard for the chief's offense to, uh, you know, play catch up when just every opposing team, it, it turns into the chief's offense against the chief's defense. And that that's, that's what's going to be tough. So that that's what needs to turn around but again not completely worried about that against Washington. Um I just want to quickly hit on no, we don't have to stay on this longer but the, the Sam Darnold uh, turning into Sam Darnold uh, again.
1: Um We a rush for two touchdowns a game? No.
0: No, no. That that was not a sustainable way of uh, of having production. Um so I tweeted this out um the other day Sam Darnold is a first in uh, EPA per dropback on throws that go one to 10 yards past the line of scrimmage uh, on throws that go 11 to 19 yards past the line of scrimmage. He's 25th in EPA per dropback. On throws that are 20 or more yards down the field. He is 24th uh, in EPA per dropback. back. So uh, we're, we're kind of, we're, we're seeing where the limits of, of Sam Darnold are uh, and when the um, you know, the, the defense is still playing great, but when that offense uh, cannot consistently move the ball, because now I think we've seen Darnold get hit a little more. Um, so even when it's not, you know, the offensive line's fault, which you know, that offensive line is very bad, um, he's starting to feel pressure a little bit, he's pressing a, a little more, and he just he can't connect with Robbie Anderson. Um, even when uh, he's open. So I think we're just starting to see some of the cracks in how much you can scheme open uh, or scheme up a, a quarterback who uh, does not completely have uh, uh, the skills to elevate an offense and when you have to do so much work to uh, bring that type of player um up to the level of what the other pieces on the offense could be, especially, you know, those, those wide receivers. Like we, we saw what the, that wide receiver group could do last year. And that was just with, you know, Teddy Bridgewater. Um, so uh, it's, and, but one of those other things, it's like when you're looking at how apparently good he can be on some of those short passes, like, but you're still sending Robbie Anderson down. Like he's, he's the wind sprint guy in that offense now, uh, but we saw him last year uh, could be the, the, the short area guy who can can take some of those you know short passes and, and run. They haven't the replaced anything open.
1: from last year. Yes. Yeah. you had Curtis Samuel and Robbie Anderson occupying in that area of the field. You got a little bit of DJ Moore this year. They haven't replaced anything. You know, it, it's it's just all DJ Moore right now because like you said, Donald can't complete a pass to anyone not named DJ Moore.
0: <laughs> it's you know, yeah, it's interesting because like well, we'll get
1: McCaffrey back pro- probably
0: maybe that sounds like i think the the last the last we heard was uh, he was 50-50. 50-50 to play um now yeah, we're recording this uh, on thursday so uh, if there's an update between now and uh, and when this podcast airs um you know that's that's why um but yeah it's it's really Interesting because there there are so many things that I think like they are doing well process wise and you know I think we saw that the, the first couple of games but now when you when you have Darnold who needs to press a little more um you have him having to uh, drop back and I think he's just making a lot of his progressions just too quickly and either something is there and he's forcing something else. Uh I think we're just starting to see some of the flaws uh, that are, that are popping up there. And then I think you have some other, you know, the game situations where, you know, in his first year and the, even in college, because I, I watched this a little bit watching him at, at temple, Matt rule is a, usually a a fairly good game manager uh, and that just hasn't been the case over the past couple weeks he's made some pretty bad fourth down decisions some some late game um you know calls that just have not been as good as as they should be especially when you're trying to cover up uh, a quarterback who hasn't been playing it super well so uh they've they've made some bad decisions there which i'm not expecting it is going to continue because he does have a history of, you know, handling those situations well. But um, when you're doing that I, with this offense and even as the defense is playing well, I think that's, it's a lot to cover up. And now they're playing a, a Minnesota team. That's, you know, eighth in, uh, eighth in defensive DVOA, uh, they're sixth in pass DVOA. Uh, they, they can't really stop the run right now. we'll see whether, you know, McCaffrey is coming back. Uh, Or not. And I I think that's, they're just going to have to be making some some smarter decisions. And I think they started off the year really well. And I think we've just kind of seen that slowly go away over the past couple of weeks. Uh, But if they're going to, you know, continue to have to, you know, keep pace as as this winning team, I think a lot of that's going to have to improve.
1: I mean, the turnovers, man, it really comes down to Sam Darnold. If he's not, if he's fine, he can be fine. If he's not turning the ball over, like you said, in structure. but, you know, five turnovers the last two weeks, that's how you start losing games with the way the Panthers are built. Uh, you know, so, I mean, that's what happened. I mean, they should have buried the Eagles in that game. The Eagles were were absolutely horrendous, uh, yep. basically through three quarters of that game. Uh, they, should, they should have been, they, the, the, the Panthers should have ran away with that game. And, you know, the turnovers allowed the Eagles to kind of come back and, and keep that thing tight. So, yeah, that's really what it comes down to. When you have a guy like Darnold, I mean, that's, and that's why Teddy, that was Teddy's MO, man, you know, protect the football and, you know, keep, keep everything tight. That's why he's so good against the spread. So I always hear the Teddy versus spread <laughs> argument. <laughs> he's not going to lose it for you. And, and listen, this game will end up being weird because the Vikings are also one of these teams that apparently can't play a normal football game either. Just the weirdest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like the Seahawks. in mean, the Seahawks, like you'll never, see you just won't get a normal game from either of those teams. I mean, I the the interactions between Kirk Cousins and Mike Zimmer at the end of that game last week was absolutely amazing. I mean, like Zimmer was not happy with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> There's no way that was not a joyous look. Yeah, uh, it was. It
0: like, <laughs> I, yeah. And...
1: <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing to see a head coach and quarterback like, have that interaction. <laughs> Someone someone needs to study on that. Maybe you can write an article on that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's it it seemed like it it started off like celebratory and then like it got it got a a little tense and everyone around them like didn't know (laughs) what was going on. Like uh it's a good thing that um the Vikings have you know pulled some of these games out because if it kept going the way uh it did, like I'm I'm not sure. like I, I was worried for like Mike Zimmer's health or maybe the health of, of people around him, because I someone would not have come out of Minnesota alive. Uh, lose that game
1: that way. Yeah. It would be crazy.
0: Yeah. Uh, so uh, I <laughs> think this is, uh, this should be tight. I mean, the, the Minnesota offense is super weird. Um, they're just, they're not doing the things well that they have been doing well in the past. I think Kirk Cousins has no low a dot.
1: Yeah. He's got a low a dot. Yeah. Everything's near the line of scrimmage.
0: Uh, I believe he has negative EPA on play action this year, which um, is just not a a Kirk Cousins thing (laughs) like that. That should not be happening. Um, He's been much better without play action. And that's in like that Kubiak type of system. Like that play action should be what is getting that system going. Uh, That just hasn't been the case this year. But luckily, you know, Justin Jefferson is, great um you know adam thielen is still doing his thing so that straight drop that game is is working a lot better but they just say haven't had anything working on on play action and um and it's just it, I, I don't know is a, a weird team we don't need to uh talk about them too much uh anymore but yeah it's just one of those real weird teams that like should at some points be better than they are at some point should be much worse than they are. Like I, <laughs> uh, the Vikings are just, or a, a team that just doesn't make a lot of sense. All right, let's, let's move on to some white games, which are a little better. Um, Arizona and Cleveland is a fun game. The Cardinals um, didn't really have to do much last week uh, because uh, they got the, the Trey Lance uh, experience, which was uh uh, a lot of uh, hit or miss. Um, so uh, the Cardinals it's still undefeated, but not like one of those dominant, like it wasn't one of the crazy Kyler games. It wasn't really a crazy, you know, defensive uh, performance that we've, we've seen a, a little bit from them. And then, you know, you look on the other side of the ball with, with Cleveland, like they, they were doing well. Like they <laughs> they hung with the chargers. Like they were, they were up, you know, this, this defense is still playing really well. The the offense is still, you know, figuring out what they want to do. Like there were some throws there. They're still able to run the ball. And I think that's, you know, again, going to be what they want to do against this Arizona team that, you know, hasn't been able to stop the run as well as they have been stopping the pass. So I think this is going to be another, you know, heavy, uh, you know, run heavy play action type game. And, and we'll see whether, you um, you know, they can structure enough for Baker Mayfield to uh, make the plays off of, you know, some of those boots and, and the play actions in order to uh, sustain it. Because, um, you know, th- I think that's how, especially against this Arizona defense, that's how they're going to need to move the ball. Um, and they're probably, you know, a key pace against this, this Arizona offense that, you know, I mean, Cleveland has been one of these teams that's been really good structurally in the back end. Uh, but as we've seen, against Arizona this year, you can be as great as you want structurally uh, and have all your responsibilities covered. And it just doesn't matter because uh, Kyler is going to be Kyler.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Browns, the, they got to be a lot better on, you know, third downs. That was, that was a killer for them, especially in that Chargers game. You know, they'd get the third down and then not be able to rush the passer and give up a huge play. That was kind of the, the MO of that game last week. They were, they were up 14 points. It was 27, 13 at one point, you know, and then the Chargers just started, you know, putting the foot down and, you Get going for all these fourth downs, like teams should do when they're down fourteen points in the third quarter. You know, <laughs> everyone acts like their mind is blown. Like one day this will be normal. Like you will try to win the game. You know, uh, you know, one day people will accept this and it won't blow people's minds that a team was down fourteen points in the third quarter or went for a fourth and two in their own territory. Like one day, one day we'll get there. We aren't there yet, but hey, we're 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 getting closer. <laughs> yeah, this game is interesting because the it, it I think the onus does fall on the Browns defense so now. Can, can they? play with a lead in this game. Cause if you can play with a lead on the Cardinals, which is not what really anyone has done to this point, then you can start to expose some of the foundation of this defense, right? Like you, you can run the football on them, but teams haven't been able to stay with the run against them because teams haven't been stable, stay in the games with them. So, I mean, the the Browns can get a lead. They can run the football. I mean, they're, Arizona's 31st in explosive yardage allowed rushing per game uh they're allowing you know 4.8 carries of 10 or more yards per game that's 31st league and that's where the Browns are number one you know obviously every you know that's kind of what they are now everyone knows that the Browns run game is going to be elite and it is that metrically uh so if the Browns can play the lead, you can expose some of that it's the Browns also have this weird dynamic though where a They're, they're, they're like super due passing touchdown regression, 75% of their offensive touchdowns are rushing, which is really unheard of in an NFL season. You know, it's something that shouldn't last on base average, 62% of the NFL's passing uh, touchdowns are from passing. So we're going to have like a re- a really weird, I think like Baker spike week game where he throws like three or four touchdowns. I don't know if they will be with yardage or attached to it or whatever, but there's going to be a week where the Browns have a bunch of passing touchdowns. I don't know when it'll be, but we'll see when it is. Cause this is, this is an objectively spot where you just say, well, the Browns are just going to run down their throat as long as they can. Uh, just depends on how long they can get stops, but they are favored here. I saw there's supposed to be some wind down the radar this weekend. So keep tabs on that too. That'd play into the Browns, you know, strengths obviously. Uh, the Cardinals side, it's interesting to see how, how they, you know, kind of combat this Max Williams injury. Uh, you know, he's been really good in the run game that that was his MO coming out of, you know, college as well. And so now they might be forced to play a little more 10 personnel, which, you know, Hey, they they're willing to play some 10 personnel, uh, you know, with Rondell Moore, and, you know, I think Rondell was a part of the game plan last week too, because chase Edmonds was a game time call they weren't, they didn't know if they were really going to get a full chase Edmonds. So I think they had Rondell part of the install last week inherently. And then he got a little more burn at the injury, to max Williams uh so we might see a lot more 10 personnel here uh from the Cardinals uh to kind of spread things out uh this is definitely be the game of the four o'clock hour because we don't know what we're ever getting out of Patriots on a week-to-week basis at this point uh so I mean yeah this is gonna be the game uh I don't know who's on this one I assume this is like the Nance Romo game
0: uh I would yeah I would guess right unless they're let's see who else do we have the
1: I mean it could be Cowboys Patriots you never know
0: uh, no, that should be a Fox game, right? Because Dallas is the away nope, team, yep. so away gets NFC away goes to Fox. Um, this is what everyone tuned in for, is our, yeah. That's what we want. Our announcer pairs. Well, you um, get. what I'm
1: saying it's the marquee game uh, for the yeah, NFL. But no, it, it absolutely is. Unless,
0: uh, <laughs> uh, unless you know, Nansen and Romo probably are just 1 p.m. at Chargers Ravens,
1: right? Yeah, I don't know, um, but either way. Either way, yeah. So, uh, I mean, just kind of as
0: we're, uh, yeah, as we're saying, there's there's only a couple of like really good games, and and this is absolutely one of them. Um, so it, yeah, it's it's going to be uh, fun to uh, to watch as we open up. Like, this
1: is the Fox game. We're getting Mark Sanchez on this on, the, on this one. Oh, all right. So that's
0: <laughs> sure.
1: I haven't listened to much Mark Sanchez on the game calls this year. Nance Romero in New England, New England, Dallas.
0: I haven't either. There's, uh, I'm going to be honest. There's like a select few announcer pairs that I actually like pay attention to, and everything else is just tuned out. Um,
1: and, well, what um, are you? Are you a red? Z- are you watching Red Zone? Is that what you're kind of on or? Yeah, you- yeah.
0: So wh- yeah, we talked about this the other week. Oh, yeah. Red Zone is usually <laughs> what has the volume um on a big tv and then uh, there's a bunch of other screens with the full games going on but those are, are usually with mm-hmm. with the volume down um i think that's just how have been going about it so far so uh let's you know the other games that i guess we can we can hit quickly i mean like you said dallas and new england is not like we we don't know what we're getting with a new england
1: like I'm ready for the Cowboys to be super fun again. Not from a real stance; they're su- they're fun for real football. But uh, the carnival has been put in check because nobody's been able to counterpunch with them. And Kellen Moore is just absolutely putting a clinic on this season. And the defense is getting so many turnovers that we are just seeing these, this two back system. It's almost like a Cleveland light system. There, everything's to the tight ends. Uh, everything's to these running backs right now in this awesome offensive line. And we haven't been able to see the carnival, the uh, you know, the, the passing carnival that we've grown accustomed to when they were in these trailing negative game scripts, you know, last year and in week one. Uh, so we need some teams to punch back. And I definitely am not going to peg the Patriots to be a team to do it. No, it's, I mean, it's, it's, Interesting with with the
0: Patriots because like on on offense we're like a lot of people have were talking about how you know Mac Jones is, is the game manager who's not really pushing the ball down the field and I I think that the weird thing is he is pushing the ball down the field but just has not been good at it like yes, getting
1: away from the two tight end stuff at least it looks like John who is finally like they're I don't know if he's banked up or what but it looks like they're slowly getting away from the two tight end stuff which I think is going to help Mac.
0: I have the, I mean, on-off splits can can be, you know, not a great indicator of uh, of quality because they're very noisy uh, in the football sense. But the more Kendrick Bourne is involved in this offense, like the better it looks like when he is on the field as that third receiver, like I, it is, it has helped out that offense a lot. And I think it does, you know, it's spread out a little more. Um, it it does help, I think, give that, you know, a short intermediate guy, like in, in the middle of the field that has helped Mac Jones. But like, as I was saying, he's, you know, Jones has 21 attempts over, um, uh, of 20 or more yards past the line of scrimmage. And that is, you know, It's around the middle of the league, um, but he just he's only completed four of them. So that's kind of been the problem. And that's kind of what we've you know said about they just they don't have those explosive pass plays in them. And it's really hard to consistently generate offense, you know, no matter how many passes you are completing in the in the quick game, uh, which they've kind of built around. It's hard to sustain an offense uh, when you uh, just can't either hit those deep throws or you're just you're not getting those explosive pass plays and right now mac jones is a negative 0.37 epa uh per attempt on passes that travel 20 or more yards past the line of scrimmage uh that is uh, the worst in the league the next worst is matt ryan at negative 0.13 like that is that is a huge a gap so uh, like that's just they they can't when you can't just have that type of play in your arsenal. It's just so hard to have any offense that's going to sustain, uh, at any point. now you're going against this Dallas defense that because the offense is playing so well, I, it, this ties into everything like this offense, this defense can be more aggressive, right? Like you, you don't have to play back and, and play these zones that Dallas was kind of playing before when, um, you know, you had to stop the opposing offense. Now, when you have a big lead, right. Because this offense is putting up points, Dallas can be more aggressive on defense. So they're, they're sending some more pass rushers like Trayvon Diggs can, can jump routes. Like he's still getting burned a little bit and maybe he hasn't as much the past couple of weeks, but he was in the beginning of the year, even when he was you know, still getting those interceptions, he was, you know, getting burned on some of these uh, aggressive um, routes. He was trying to jump and, um, but when you can play aggressive like that, he is jumping routes. He is still picking these balls off, and I think we're we're going to see that. And against a guy like Mac Jones, if you're not worried about getting beat deep at all, then you can sit on on those routes. Like it's kind of like it's not, you know, don't want to compare him to Ben Roethlisberger, but it's kind of how defenses were starting to go against the Steelers uh, last year, uh, right? When they, they didn't care about the deep ball, they weren't worried about getting beat on the deep ball because it just wasn't part of the offense. So they sat on the short and intermediate routes. Uh, so everything was getting tipped. There were or balls getting dropped because and it was just congested in traffic all the time. And that's kind of what this Patriots offense is, is turning into. Um, and I think they, they really need to work on the, getting some of those you know stretch plays and being able to push the ball down the field. There's going to be more trouble uh, in in sustaining offenses, especially against a team like Dallas, who can just like they'll they'll sit on stuff uh, all day.
1: Yeah, I mean the, the Trayvon Diggs stuff is fascinating because you know a lot of people think about like interceptions as being like a lockdown corner, but typically it is those guys that are hyper aggressive, right? They'll give up chunk plays, you know, think like Xavier Howard or Marcus Peters, but they make game turning plays defensively because of their aggression. But people think of it being like, as a, as the guy is just like Daryl Rivas, you know, those guys don't get a lot of interceptions because nobody's throwing at them. Uh, so, I mean, right. yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the, that dynamic is pretty interesting. Cause, you know, obviously he's like now what he's gone like six to one for defensive rookie or defensive player of the year. Uh, but yeah, he's given up his fair share of chunk plays, but that's how you get a lot of turnovers, you know, the, the basically been uh davian howard's mo and marcus peters like i said they're mo the entire careers so yeah that's how you get splash plays he's like dallas will trade those those are game-turning plays he's made you know like that that play he had against the eagles basically sealed that game you know a couple weeks ago uh he almost had a second one last week on a just a throw a tried throwaway so i mean yeah it's just kind of fun the dynamic of people the way they consider you know, the in the context of like defensive player of the year to say like I'm, I I would in my mind he's not even close, but it is fun that the turnovers are there.
0: Yeah, it is interesting because like those, like I I put together you know uh, adjusted yards uh, per cover stat, which kind of just takes the you know the Pro Football Reference um, kind of uh, adjustments where you know uh, touchdowns and interceptions are are woven in, and um, I put that for for cornerbacks, and you know Trayvon Diggs is you know is is up there in um because you know just interceptions are weighted very heavily there but that is that's showing how how it helps um you know you see a guy like jc jackson also on the other side like he's been picked on more like and he's been a guy who has usually been you know kind of a, a shutdown corner on the other side of Stephon Gilmore, but now he's been picked on more often this year. And even with his interceptions, he's still getting picked on um, and and giving up some yards. So that's where uh, even a guy who does have some of those ball scales and the interceptions uh, is not doing as much in, in coverage because he is still getting picked on. He is still giving up yards. But if you have a guy like Trayvon Diggs, who's not getting beat often enough to make up for, or to to cancel yeah. out the the amount of interceptions he has. So I think he's still uh, a net positive uh for this defense by a lot but you know like you said we're, he's not going to have an interception every game. Uh so uh, <laughs> maybe I don't know maybe maybe he will. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, so he's just he is he's just and and one of the other things is he's he's putting himself in even if he's not getting these interceptions, he's putting himself in position to make a play on the ball, which like when's the last time we saw a Dallas corner do that? I mean, you know, Byron Jones was able to do that. He got a lot of pass defenses, uh, but didn't have a lot of, you know, interceptions uh, during his peak in Dallas. Uh, But I think we just kind of see, it it just kind of goes to how well this defense is structured right now, which is, which is something we have not said about the Cowboys for quite a while. Uh, I think they're just, they're doing a lot of, a lot of things well, and they are getting themselves into position to have some of these turnovers. And I think that they will be able to do that uh, against new England in this game. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, the next hour, uh, we'll talk about, uh, Geno
1: Smith. I'm ready. Inject the Geno Smith, uh, on prime time. <laughs> oh man. I will so, say that the Steelers did something interesting last week. And I don't know if it's something that'll be sticky, but, you know, obviously they were able to run the football, which changed that, the context of that offense dramatically, because I think the process for them is you just don't need Ben Roethlisberger to throw 45 passes a game. The, ben Ro it's fine when you can throw 25. So, I mean, obviously it's contingent on them having as much success. As they do running the football and how static that will be. It was the first time the Steelers ran for a hundred yards as a team uh, since the middle of last season. And it was the most rushing yards had since week three of last year. So it'll be interesting to see if that, how, you know, how sticky it is. You can run the football in Seattle, but we've seen teams how they play defense against Steelers. And you don't want Ben Rosser having to throw it 45 times a game where teams, because I, I saw the stat people say, well, Ben Rosser's not getting any pressure. And it's like, yeah, because the ball is thrown within two seconds four yards it's
0: It's impossible to pressure yeah like yeah it is it's it's not an offensive line thing it's he gets the ball out so quickly it is almost like actually physically impossible to pressure him in the amount of time it takes him to to drop back and throw yeah it's i mean that's that's by design because they don't want him hanging back
1: yeah, I thought the Steelers were going to be in real trouble after the Packers lost, and they come back and they get the one against Denver. And now you don't have to face Russ, and you know maybe you get back and, and you know you're 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 at five hundred and you're you're doing it looks a little bit better now. Uh, but yeah, I mean last week I thought it was interesting though that maybe they found a little bit of the, rest of the defense got a little healthier. Uh, they didn't really give up anything big until it was late, like in comeback mode. Uh, so I mean, without Russ here, I mean we could see them grind it, grind it out again. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's NBC did not want to, uh, I think, like, right before last week was the last chance they could have flexed this game out, uh, and they they did not want to, and whew, this is uh, not going to be a fun one to watch. Well, but what else
1: could t- they have pulled? The other networks are not, like, no one's given up Cleveland, Arizona, and no one's probably going to give up the Cowboys, so
0: that's true but
1: what could you I have mean, done baltimore chargers have been the only other one but i assume the other networks were protecting uh you know those those power markets
0: yeah i mean i just we we don't and just in, in general i don't think we need pittsburgh uh in in prime time even uh if there were some other options there but uh, to kind of go back this is going to be really want to watch what the Pittsburgh's offense does decide to do because Seattle's defense cannot stop anything like this defense is just bad. Um, yeah. They can't cover. Uh, they, they don't really have the the pieces up front to stop the run. Uh, and like you said, when, you know, Najee Harris kind of finally got some things going, it was the least he's been hit at the line in any mm-hmm. game uh, this year. I'm looking at uh sports solutions right now. Um, he was only hit, I'm still saying only, but 26.1% <laughs> of his carries yeah, just, uh, was, hit, quarter was hit at the line, but that was his lowest. Um, you know, previously the lowest was 28.6 against um, the Bengals in week three, but, against the Packers in week four, 68.8% against the Bills in week one and 70% against the Raiders in week two. Like this has been how that run game has been going. Uh, And also interesting, like the SIS charts, whether uh, they use the design gap or not in the run game. And this was also easily the least Najee Harris used his design gap, just 56.5%. So I think he was trying to create a little bit more on his own. And I think he was kind of able to do that. He had to run away from some guys, uh, uh against the Broncos. Uh, so I think that's probably what they are going to rely on uh, again in this game, because, you know, Seattle just hasn't been able to do anything, but also, um, you know they they'll probably again you know quick game to death and I'm not totally sure if Seattle has the type of guys in coverage who are going to be able to um you know jump some of those routes like we've you know talked about and seen some other teams do when they're playing the Steelers. Uh, Seattle's just a team that that can't really figure out what they're doing. They're they're trying to do more than just the you know the the cover three uh, type stuff they've done for the past couple of years. They're you know want Jamal Adams to be uh. Uh, deep safety which like he was so good like in the box playing that type of like uh you know nickel dime linebacker uh, type role uh last year when he was you know blitzing heavily uh he was around the line he could he could have those you know tackles for loss when he was playing downhill um and now they they have him deep and there's so many other breaks in coverage like that that uh the deep pass uh that everyone kind of blamed on him um against the rams like that that really wasn't his fault. Like that was the blown coverage on the outside. Um, And it it was a weird play where he didn't play the ball particularly well, but also like it wasn't a place where you would expect the ball to be on that, uh, on that play anyway, because it was a little underthrown um, and the receiver had to kind of stop and come back for it. But like, it's making him part other parts of the defense are also making him look worse because he can't play to his strengths either. And they're not really putting anyone in position to play to their strengths. So, um, just the, all around this game just might be a mess. It, yeah. It's really, it's really a, you know, a, who blinks the first, uh, type of thing because uh, who can take advantage of, of the other mistake? Cause right now, you know, uh, Pittsburgh is, um, Pittsburgh's only nineteenth in defensive DVOA. They're twenty fourth uh, against the pass, and they've been able to stop the run. They're sixth against the run, so I, I don't know if you know Seattle is going to try to you know pound the ball. They they probably do want to do that, right? Because there is no Russell Wilson. They're there. I mean, even with Russell Wilson, they want to try to run the ball. Um, but I think that would be a mistake. But also, you know, you probably don't want Geno Smith dropping back you know thirty times. So it's just a, a, a crazy uh, dynamic here between you know. Uh, teams that uh, are not doing uh, particularly well where you would expect them to, but I don't think the other team on the other side of the ball in either case uh, really has uh, the ability to, to take advantage. So this might be a, a bit of a, a, bit of a slog here on a, on Sunday night ending, ending on a high note here um, is what we want to do unless, you know, it does I mean, Buffalo, Buffalo Tennessee have any chance of, of being close because this like, Tennessee for being, you know, the AFC South winner right now, just uh, not playing inspiring football.
1: No, I mean, it's hard. I mean, they've had, you know, obviously the the injuries to both wide receivers have put them in a bind, you know, when you're throwing passes to Jeremy McNichols and Chester Rogers, Nick Westbrook Ikeen, it's, it's not the greatest life to live on offense. And, you know, this is a game where they probably will, for the first time won't be able to lean on the big dog. Uh, but we also seen when they were losing by double digit points in Seattle in week two, like they're still gonna give them the football. So we'll probably see a lot of a lot of the big dog regardless. They did. I mean, listen, Tennessee boat raced them last year, didn't they? Or was it the other way around? No, Tennessee whooped them. Yeah. It was a yeah, weird, it was it. like a it was a, wasn't it a Monday or Tuesday game. It was one of those yeah, other games in the, there was COVID. I
0: have it was a COVID,
1: it was a COVID week for the Bills, I think. Um, so maybe a little retribution, but the Bills are firing, you know, that's what they're doing. And we talked about it, it was the you, we, you wrote about the bills defense and, you know, kind of how structure is, you know, this was the, that was the test. They had played all, they played three backup quarterbacks before Sunday night. So and they passed, they passed the test. They did everything that we were looking for them to do. So, I mean, now it's just kind of gung ho and they might even be the, the favorite in the AFC, although it's literally, you know, all those teams are so good. I can't wait for the AFC playoffs, uh, All those teams are so good, Uh, but I mean, yeah, listen, the Buffalo is just, they've led now for double digit points on over 50% of their snaps on the season. So far, the next closest team is the Cardinals at 34%. Like they are cruising. If it wasn't for a block punt in the Steelers game, they might be undefeated. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know how the Titans magically resurrect their offense to be able to combat the bills being able to score on their defense because this Tennessee defense is another one that is just horrendous uh, outside of Harold Landry, who's playing well. Uh, no one else is playing well on this defense.
0: Yeah. And I think that's kind of something <laughs> we, we saw that could be the case, you know, in the offseason. we were looking at this, like for Tennessee to have been good, like so many things had to go right on this defense. Like this guy had to have their best season. This guy had to have their best season. This guy had to step up and it's just like, yeah, that, that hasn't been the case um, so far. And, you know, uh, Tannehill just has not been uh, as as good as he was the past couple of years, uh, negative EPA on, on deep passes. Hasn't been able to really hit those. And, you know, like you said, the, the injury is hurt at wide receiver, but kind of when you trade for Julio Jones, it's kind of have to have that baked in. Right. I mean, they're living the
1: Julio Jones experience right right, now. uh, For sure. I will say I've thought, I've thought, and it's not, you know, the metrics aren't really going to support it because of the, you know, they're, their objective. I actually think Tannehill's played all right. I mean, he's played pretty solid, consider all things considered that have gone on And he's getting killed And the like he's they're what they're last in the NFL and sack uh you know in, in sack slot and sack rate, uh sack differential. So I mean, like he's getting killed, they've got no wide receivers and they're just handing off. I feel like for the situation he's put in, he hasn't played bad. But yeah, obviously it's just a situation. They have to be flawless. Like they're gonna be yeah, flawless I, I think, in this game. I think
0: that's 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 what it is. Not necessarily that he's you know hasn't played well but just how perfect everything has to be in order for a situation like that to work and over the past two years like they were able to they figure were that loss. out yeah. They, yeah
1: we were counting they were we said we always joked there with the Aaron Paul meme like this doesn't make sense like how hyper efficient this offense is and they're finally having something to live through that and it's showing some of the the cracks in the foundation <laughs>
0: Right. Yeah. And even, even in, in the run game, I think Derrick Henry had what 130 yards on the ground. But if you look at, you know, in next-gen stats, he had uh, negative rushing yards over expectations. So even like that, when there were, you know, uh, a high run. He's only popped like the one yards. long one against yep.
1: Seattle. Like we haven't seen the, the, the 70 yard big dog runs uh, outside of that Seattle game. Like he's been, he's been stacking touches. He's the most touches through five games in NFL history.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's the <laughs> other thing. Like you're, we're, it's
1: a throwback offense, so and we're in the mid-80s yeah
0: and that's it, that's another thing i it's, uh, wrote about this in in first and ten he's pacing like, he's, for like
1: 510 touches or something it's, it's like a, <laughs> so I,
0: yeah one he's like pacing for that many touches i think he has like 50 something more touches or carries than like the number two player and there are only like 35 players in the league right now who have like 50 touches (laughs) or 50 carries. Like it's, it's, it's an insane workload. And, you know, maybe they can sustain that where like, he is just a guy who is going to be able to carry that load. But I just think we've seen historically, like you can't do that. So it's uh yeah. And the the passing offense is going to need to be better in order to not have to rely on that. And if, you know, if Derrick Henry ever breaks down like this, I don't. I don't know what they're going to do because they can't sustain a, a drop back passing game um, the way they're playing right now. And uh, even when there are some, uh, you know, the the run game isn't popping. At least they they do have that to fall back on uh, when they do need to have it. But yeah, it's just like they It it just feels like the the entire Tennessee, um, you know, organization and plan right now is just kind of like. Held together with, like you know, like strings and duct tape at the moment, <laughs> and like any one of those just moves, and and this could be a disaster. But also, again, they're playing in the AFC South, so yeah, that's you know, the it's, NFC it's East not...
1: though, this year for sure. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, the division. So
0: I, I don't know. They're still there's still probably the favorites. It's probably not going to turn out well against the Bills. But you know, when you're kind of looking forward to you know what they're going to be for the rest of the season, like what else in the AFC South is going to be able to you know hang? And it's Nothing right now. Like that, that entire division is it's just disaster, uh, unless, you know, Monday night Carson Wentz uh, continues. But I don't think we need to bet on that either. <laughs> all right. So on that note, we will uh, end the show here. Uh, again, you can find all our work on sharp football, sharpfootballanalysis.com. You can find uh, Rich's the fantasy show and our betting show both on this feed if you have not. Uh, I mean, if you're listening to this show, you uh, hopefully have subscribed. So you'll just get those shows in, in your feed. Um, and please uh, rate and review on your uh, podcast app of choice uh, that those help out. And we uh, have not asked you to do that in a while. So uh, if you could, that would be awesome. Um, so uh, thank you guys for listening. You can find uh, Rich on Twitter at Wood Reeves. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Pazuda. Thank you guys for listening. And we will talk to you again soon you know you know master you know